Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Alex Wong, uh, producer and co-host, is officially on vacation. He is currently in Seoul, uh, South Korea. So he'll be there for the next week. And then, of course, he'll be going to uh, Tokyo in Japan. We will see what updates we receive. Last I heard from him, he said Serge Ibaka is also in Seoul. So he may go look for uh, his former How Hungry Are You co-star. But uh, in the meantime, joining me on the program are two of my friends who I've called us the Olive Garden Boys uh, in, in our group chat that I made explicitly for this uh, episode. Lee Van Osman of the Toronto Star and Oren Weisfeld, writer at large or specifically in this conversation uh, of The Guardian. Uh, what's up, guys? What's good? What's, what's good? Thanks for having us. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Yeah. Um, so the reason I wanted to have you guys on was I, I wanted to put a just a bow on Summer League in general. The Raptors made some I would say final roster decision spots, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, we we could look ahead a little bit towards some of the other more ancillary storylines. I know, Lee Ban, you've been writing about um, Delano Banton and uh, you caught up with him as to uh, why his tenure with the Raptors uh, didn't ultimately work out and also why he moved on. Uh, Orrin, I know you wrote about Team Canada also recently. I know this was a couple of weeks ago, but you really had a great piece up at Yahoo Sports about sort of what went down with, uh, you know, Nick Nurse leaving the program and sort of where that leaves the program. Um, so I uh, wanted to touch on that with you as well. You know, but both of you guys were out in Summer League. But let, let's let's start with Summer League itself. So, um, yeah, you guys were out there for, I believe, games three, four, and five for the Toronto Raptors. So uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts uh, first with you, Orn, on um, how you thought Grady Dick performed and also how – you thought Marquise Noel performed for people who was, wasn't tuning in too hard into summer league. Grady ended up with average of 16 points per game, six rebounds, two assists, played four of the five games, uh, shot 40% from the field, 30% from three overall. Marquise had 12 points per game on 34% shooting from the field, 33% overall from three, seven assists, three rebounds. Uh, those aren't necessarily the biggest important things, but uh, yeah, Orrin, I'll start with you. What did you make of those two guys? Yeah, um, Grady, I would, I guess I would describe it broadly speaking as like his defense was behind where I thought it would be and his offense was ahead of it. So defensively, he's very skinny. He's not that quick. He wasn't that fit. So like as the games went on, he just got blown by a lot and out muscled a lot. And I get it. He's 19. So like, I'm not freaking out or anything. I just kind of I didn't know how bad it was going to be. And I think it was kind of eye opening for me on the defensive side, but offensively, he definitely was doing more than I thought with the ball in his hands. Like we know he's a shooter. Uh, I also interviewed him for a story there. And like the main thing he kept stressing whenever I asked him a question about his shooting, how he learned it, all that stuff. He was like, but I'm more than a shooter, you know, like he he really wants people to Mm. believe that like, he has an all around game. And I think at summer league, that was definitely on display. The rebounding was good, like offensively, especially Um, they really put the ball in his hands and asked him to create. And he made some tough shots. Um, The the handle was tighter than I thought it would be. It's not perfect, but like, yeah, I I just thought like he's a fluid mover. He really created his own shot a lot more than I expected him to at this stage of his career. So that was my takeaway with Grady is like offense a little ahead of where I expected defense a little behind. What about Marquise? Marquise uh, is going to be really fun. I, 
I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard for me to like project him forward. You know, he's like five. He's my height. So I will say, I was going to say, you guys are on eye level, bro. He is my, he's my new idol. He's the, he's like, why did I get okay. into this writing thing? I could have just pushed hard into basketball, made uh-huh. it just like Marquise, got a two way contract, uh, all that. No, but, but he is, he is the new idol because he's literally my height and he's in the NBA. So good on him. I don't know if he'll actually be able to make the NBA. I think he'll be a really fun G League story. He'll actually bring out people to Mississauga, which will be good for that team. And I think at his size, he will just have to do everything so elite. He'll have to be such an elite shooter. He is already a really good passer. He'll have to be an elite passer. He'll have to be an elite defender at the point of attack. So we'll see. But uh, he's definitely like a polished player. You kind of figure he's got to be. I think he's older, too, which... uh... Uh, helps on that front but he's always been a really skilled player even going back to you know watching some of his tape from both college and also even in high school Lee Ban, let me get your thoughts uh what did you make of Grady's performances out there and also Marquise yeah um to start with Marquise just his IQ I feel like is on a different level compared to a lot of guys that played summer league uh you could see that he'd do certain moves and he know the defense would react a certain way and a guy would be open in the corner so just mm. his IQ level to me is just on another another level. Um, Grady, his shooting to me was somewhat inconsistent through summer league, but uh, I'm not really too worried about that. I think just his ability to just like Oren mentioned, like him not wanting to be known as just a shooter. I think he has so much qualities more than that too. Just his ability to cut off the ball. Um, I think Scotty's going to be able to find that guy so many times. Um, but yeah, just like as you mentioned, I think the conditioning level too is just. You could see like he's still adjusting to that, um, getting stronger. Like, but he had some creativity, just was, like driving at the rim. Like, I didn't expect this guy to spin off a guy and then just throw up an acro- acrobatic layup. I'm like, what? This is in your game? Like, this is your package? Um, mm. But yeah, he to me just he seems very. He has a smart uh, IQ to just watching him. The first time I watched him too it was kind of crazy. Was um, in Portland at the Nike Hoop Summit. So this is like oh, a year okay. back and. April. Um, I didn't notice him too much, but just watching um, guys that stood out to me, I'm not going to lie, was Keontae George and um, Cam Whitmore. Those two two guys stood out to me, but um, from what I remember from him, it was just like he was more team-oriented, um, great shooter, and just had a great IQ, too. Mm. Damn. Lee, man, you, bro, you could have been a scout. I mean... I could have been, Matt. You still <laughs> can. You're young. <laughs> Yeah, one of those nights we ended up having dinner with some scouts and uh, actually hearing the life of a scout and like the sacrifices scouts got to make, uh, it sounded like a very lonely job. Let's just right? say that. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, anything to make it to the league. Okay, I think um, it's such a hard job too. Like projecting forward, that's crazy. Oh, dude. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, there's a lot of eye tests. There's obviously scouting relies more on eye tests than necessarily the numbers in terms mm-hmm. of typical approach. But at the same time, like if that's if that's the case and you just have to be right more than the average person. And I don't really know how you're supposed mm-hmm. to do that unless you like watch more than the average person, which, okay, but that probably means like a necessary sacrifice in your life to drive right. from this place to this place and this place, and you're pretty much never home. Uh, and your ultimate reward for that is what? I mean, like GMs get credit for guys getting scouted, you know what I mean? And they might like, not even pick the guy you like after like a year of work, too. Yeah, yeah, so... It's, it's, it's a tough lifestyle. Okay, well, the, the one thing I keep hearing from both you and Grady, um, you two, is that, you know, more than a shooter. That's, that, that's, that's, if that is the case, then what is the secondary skill, Orrin, that, that you think is most likely to transpire for Grady after seeing him in Summer League? 
I got to think about that, but like, I guess I just mean that he does so many little things well, and he just, his feel for the game is so high that I, I feel like I was also saying this, like the the more good players you put him around, the better he's going to look, especially early mm-hmm. in his career. And that's just because, yeah, I think he, he's a smart player who accentuates other guys. Whereas if you put that type of player with a bunch of guys who maybe don't have the best feel, it's just not going to play off each other as well. Um, but in terms of a secondary skill that he's going to have like immediately, or, or you mean like grow into eventually, I just think like, he'll be a guy who can run second side pick and rolls. And and that's really helpful. Like, I guess I came into it thinking he's going to be a guy who's just a movement shooter running around screens and stuff like that. Yeah. He can attack a closeout, but if he's a guy who you can swing the ball to with like 10 seconds left on the shot clock, bring the big up and then ask him to create out of that. That's huge. And I think it won't be that way right away, probably because the playmaking is limited. The handle is a little limited, but you, you saw like enough of it in summer league and I know it's summer league, but you saw enough flashes to where I was like, okay, like I think he could actually have the ball in his hands a little bit down the line in his career. So I guess that's what I mean. Like he's never going to be a primary guy, but yeah, if he could ever run pick and roll himself, I think that would be a really big thing for this Raptors offense. Yeah, um, he did make a surprising number of shots, I would say, off the dribble that yeah, I was exactly. expecting. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't strictly, like, run around, catch and shoot, run around, catch and shoot. Like, there was definitely a lot of that going on, but there was also a lot of what you mentioned, like, pick and roll one side, swing to the other side, and then make a play off the catch, whether that's, like, catching and shooting right away or, you know, seeing the closeout, taking one dribble. I thought he actually did pretty well on the one dribble pull-ups, like, in the mid-range attacking closeouts, which is... Which is nice. I don't know if necessarily that's like quote unquote more than a shooter, but as you mentioned, like you know, um, it, there there are certain shooters where like you have to get everything catered to you versus like some shooters who are able to create their own a little bit and, and make the most out of every situation. And I did at least see that aggressiveness. I also thought he played really hard too. I think the compete level was just really high overall from him. Mm-hmm. Multiple games you saw him like dive on the floor and whatever. I mean, like this is your first time in the league, so I I, I kind of expect that out of everybody. To play at that kind of high intensity, but I think his intensity did uh, distinguish itself to me too. Yeah, um, no, real yeah. quick, like that was a good Go distinction too with like shooters. I guess again, my preconception was he's going to be a guy who you have to run a lot of plays for, and then mm-hmm. he turned out to be more of a guy who will find it within the flow of the offense himself because right. he's just really smart. Like Lehman said, the cutting's really good, the rebounding. Like he he's just he's kind of like Scotty in that way too, where it's like yeah, that he didn't really need to have that many plays run for him, and like he was always involved regardless. And I was going to say, too, just I felt like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the catch and shoot for me, like, I'm I'm not worried about that. But I was mm-hmm. way more encouraged that, like, he was doing it off the dribble and it wasn't like, I feel like right. he struggled more just catching and shooting. And he was, like, he was showcasing more of that off, not catching and shooting, you know, um, which was really encouraging to me because, like, oh, you're not just a catch and shoot guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I think the organization kind of stressed that they wanted us to know that this is that he's just not that he's not only that you know so uh, yeah really encouraging yeah for sure um as as i told the story um Oren, before you got there for i believe the wednesday uh that was the game where me and lee pan were sitting there at media row and then messiah and bobby came mm-hmm. over and yeah. I don't know if you got the same way, but, you know, when Masai's in the area, it, he just has this aura where you're just kind of like, oh, man, like, 
can't just talk to him like a regular dude. You know what I mean? Like talking to Bobby like a regular dude, very done, very easily done. Masai, I don't know, has this like mystique about him. So you get, I was sitting there a little nervous and Lee Bear remembers this. We were trying to make a little bit of conversation with Masai. And I think uh, Grady got hot in the first quarter. And I just turned to Masai and I was like, yo, Masai, <laughs> great pick. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was tough. That no, was but it was, tough, it was so funny too. Cause like I'm on Twitter while we're watching a game and it's like, everyone's like complaining about the organization or whatever. They're just like this, this mm. and that. And we're sitting next to Masai and Bobby and then, they're just yelling at the official the entire game while everyone's like wondering what's happening with Pascal. What's gonna and these guys are more yelling at these officials for not calling a foul on who was it? I forgot who, who it was. Mo- Mohamedou Guy, man. They wanted to get Mohamedou Guy like, these hacked, calls hacked uh, on his hand. And besides, yeah, get his official while everyone's going crazy about Pascal. Like, just you can't script this. No, that was a day that was a legendary day where um, Raptor Twitter was really worried about team physiotherapist oh longtime physio ray child moving on and also the team photographer uh tristan forbes also moving on it was uh i don't know there's just been a lot of speculation all summer so i'm not too surprised that people would latch on to everything but uh yeah why did it, it was like that man he just got a new job like let the hey eat. i was gonna say that's that's what i'm saying man good for good for tristan i'll, I'll say yeah, tristan yeah. got a promotion let's say that yeah i, I was gonna say i'm i'm happy that we're all like encouraged by Grady's performance at Summer League because there weren't a whole lot of other standouts on the team. <laughs> What'd you expect, <laughs> man? Wasn't the most complete roster hey, I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Hey, yeah. I was gonna ask you. Yeah, okay, let's let's move on to the other parts of the roster that you guys were able to get down there to see. Um okay, so we didn't get to see Jeff down, but I'm sure you guys saw lots of that practices and stuff like that. He's he was around the team, he was working out, he was, you know, dressed on the bench, all that kind of stuff. He just wasn't playing because of injury, but it seemed like he was good enough at least to go through workouts and all that kind of stuff. Um, Ron Harper, we saw some Ron Harper. He's back on a two-way deal. Um, yeah, I mean, Lee, I'll start with you. Did you see anything out of Ron Harper that sort of was notable in a positive way? Um, maybe just his ability to get to the rim. Uh, okay, yeah. Just slashing, just, I, I know he had like a couple, like he had one nasty dunk on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, that's and right. another just slash into the rim. And uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, he's on a two way now. I think the the nine five is going to be really fun with him, Marquise, and the and Javon who they just signed. So um, I think that's going to be re- really fun nine five team. But um, I'm I'm interested in just like what that that next step looks like for him because like this whole team in summer league like they won what one game and it you just didn't see that um, much else from just Grady creating himself. But then it's like. What else are you really seeing from Ron? I didn't really see anything that's like, wow, this is he's gonna make the he's he's gonna be getting substantial minutes on the Raptors. More so just a nine to five guy that um kind of sticks around. I don't know what else it looks like, but um yeah, just not slashing slashing was cool, but I, I wish I got to see a bit more. Mm. Orn. Yeah, I, I like Ron Harper. Uh I think Getting him like back on a two way, you just can't complain about that because to me, he's like a guy who's like, yeah, he's right on the seam of getting a real like NBA contract. So to get him on a two way is pretty good, I guess, value, you say, give him another league year where he can go back and forth between the G League. Um, But yeah, like the the only way I think he's going to succeed in the NBA is if he he has like that PJ Tucker like body. Right. So Mm. like I want him to be more of like a dog defender in a way like. Just, like, make life a little harder for guys because he is so big and, like, strong. 
and he doesn't really do that on the defensive end, right? So I I think that would be nice, and and that even might be a way to like make up some of the lack of speed he has too. And then offensively, the three ball is really coming along, and if it keeps like progressing at this rate, then I think he's going to be pretty good in that sense of like a three and D player. But yeah, in summer league, he was asked to create a lot, and I I just don't think that's his game. Like, um. I guess we're talking about like a pretty low ceiling player because I just don't see like the creation upside with him. Right. But yeah, I, th- I could see him being a three and D player. And then the only other guy was Guy, who you mentioned. I thought mm-hmm. he was probably the other standout ish guy just because Moses Brown came in was supposed to like run the center. And then they were like, this will not work for us at all. So then he was like <laughs> the small ball center for most of their like best minutes. And yeah. he was intriguing to me. Yeah. Yeah, um, my my thing with Ron, uh, and we'll go on to to Mo and, and Guy as well. But um, yeah, my thing with Ron is just watching it in the summer league. Like I, I felt like he was better with the ball in his hands rather than playing off the catch or playing off the ball. Um, it's unfortunate. I mean, he just he couldn't hit the three to, at all in summer league. He he, I think he was sixteen percent mm-hmm. um, from three in summer league. He's better than that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we saw that at Rutgers. We saw that last year at the 905 level as well but i agree with you like yeah i mean i think there's probably still what's the what's the politest way to say this physical maturation to be done with the body you know um i i still think that there is the the bulk is good for him Mm -hmm. in terms of that that ability to to especially on drives he can sustain a little bit of contact he got you know broad shoulders usually if he gets the first bump into the defender and then he can get the angle to shoot it he's got long arms big hands all that stuff is really good for him um but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think if he can combine both the shooting and the slashing, I think that's where I think he's a lot more effective, especially because I think mostly in the league, if he were to make it, it would be like as a combo guard, let's say. Um, and then, yeah, the, the defensive thing, I, I, that's a great point. I think he really does need to to lock in defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the other guys, the other two starters. So, um, yeah, you had you know Moses Brown. Who I think objectively was a better player than pretty much everybody else on the roster um, that we haven't mentioned yet. But to me, I was just like, look, I, I want to see you move your feet defensively. I want to see uh, more of a commitment from just like, you know, the energy has to sort of jump off the page. And I felt like it was sort of like, I don't know, I wouldn't say he was slow and meandering. He's not like a lead footed big, but yeah, it just wasn't like jumping off the page. Let's say the energy defensively was mostly staying in the paint, which allows you to get deflections, allows you to get blocks and steals. But like, realistically, I need you to be on the perimeter a little bit more, show your versatility defensively. I didn't see that from him. And then from Mo, I just think that like, that's a guy that you invite to training camp, give him some extra money. And then you set him down to the nine Oh five and you track mm-hmm. how his progress goes to yeah. me. Right. That wasn't necessarily a guy that you give the two way to just because I think there were so many, skilled players that you saw on other teams in summer league. Um, and so I, I guess I wasn't too surprised that the Raptors uh, used their third two way spot elsewhere, but uh, yeah, leave uh, Did you, were anybody else on the roster that kind of caught your eye? Anybody else that was like, you know, Ooh, I'd be looking forward to seeing more of him in, in, in 905, for example, straight up answer. Hell no. Like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. I can't remember half, yeah. half the roster now. Like, just, that's tough. It was tough. That's how bad this roster was. But also, like, I think they expected Jeff and Christian to be there. I think this was a big missed opportunity yeah. for Christian. I just wanted to see what he looked like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He, had, he hadn't played in a while, like much in at, to end the season. So I kind of wanted to see what he looked like in summer league. But um, yeah, Mo, Mo kind of intrigues me. I remember Bobby saying like he he sees him as a Chris Boucher type guy, um, mm. high energy. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know much from there. Just uh, I don't know if the shot is as like Chris to me. Like when you watch Chris in warm ups, I hate talking about warm ups. I know you mm. love talking about warm ups, but when Chris let's go. Let's get warm, it. Warm ups, man. That 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 is automatic. Oh. Warm up, um, Chris Boucher, crazy. Different, different, different. Um, but yeah, just yeah, Joe. We scared about his situation. Feel bad for him, but yeah, his. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know who else was on the roster. Can can we name the whole roster? Uh, oh. David Johnson is the other guy who I think like yeah. maybe deserves mention just because he was on a two way and they drafted him. Like they used a pick on him, and yeah, he's yeah. not going to be around. Him? I don't think. What happened with him? He played Bro, like, not well. Pick. It's like he was never here in Toronto. Here's the thing: like Delano, <laughs> when he got here, it was sick, right? Bobby's right. like, "Yo, welcome to Rexdale." And then the next day, you literally see uh, Scotty and Delano going across the city, you know, going to the real jerk, going to Drake's house, mm-hmm. going up to CN Tower, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, wow, look at these two. Meanwhile, there was fully a third Raptors rookie that was drafted, and David Johnson wasn't available for all of that. I suppose I don't know, maybe passport, who knows? Probably. And then yeah, you just never saw him over the course of the games, and then you went down to the G League, spent most of his time down there, which is not unusual for two way guys, but like that's ultimately what happened with him. And then the following season, he was just with the nine hundred five. Um, and yeah, I mean, the fact that he was coming off the bench, like both in the 905 setting and also in this kind of setting in summer league, like, yeah, it, it's almost as if he wasn't there. You know what I mean? Which, which is, I feel bad because I, I don't want to say that about the guy. I just meant like in terms of what our impressions of him, like we haven't seen him. That's, that's the yeah. impression. Yeah, yeah. He had a very quiet summer league for sure. I think Joe, uh, I know people are going to say like, well, if you're going to be a shooter, you have to shoot the ball well. <laughs> and uh-huh. he didn't at summer league. Uh, but like I, I thought he had a pretty good showing, especially in that last game. He yeah. really went off. And I know people, it's like you feel bad for him because of the situation he's in with the Raptors, uh, with Grady getting drafted. It, it pretty much immediately spelled Wies Camp being out of there after he kind of committed a year to the program. But still, like the Raptors showcased him on the Summer League stage, gave him the ball a ton and stuff like that. So I, I think like, that's ultimately what summer league is it's not just about if you're going to make get a contract from the team you're playing for and he had an opportunity to show a team if if he's deserving of a contract i think he is at least deserving of a two-way um so we'll see what happens with him interesting um yeah i'm looking up his numbers here uh four games for joe Wieskamp. Average 13 a game, shot 43% from the field, 27% for three. Honestly, not entirely different from Grady, 16 points, 40%, and 30%. So, um, yeah. I mean, obviously the setting itself is, is totally different. Joe is a lot older than than Grady. I'm not trying to like say they're the same player because obviously I think mm-hmm. Grady has a way higher upside. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like his prototype of player should work in the league. Again, I always think with these guys, like, what's your secondary skill? Like, okay, you can shoot, but, like, is there anything else you can do? You yeah, I mean? he and doesn't I just, have I, one. I, I don't think he has another skill. So, it better be, yeah. like, super wet when you shoot. Like, it better yeah. be, like, a Steve Novak situation, you know? I don't, I don't want to just type chess, but it is kind of like that. And that's probably a bigger question. It's, like, do those players even, like, belong in the league anymore? Because there used to be, like, a huge sure. role for them yeah. coming off the bench. And now I'm just, like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of those guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Lee Ben, any any thoughts on DJ Hog? It's um, Hogue. Hogue, DJ Hogue. My bad. My my bad. DJ Hogue. <laughs> DJ with Hogue. two G's. Um, um, no, no thoughts <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever. Um, hope you get the opportunity. 
What what about Ryan Nemhard? Ryan Nemhard. It was funny because a lot of people confused thought he was brothers with Andrew for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, zero thoughts. But but they watched when they watched him play, it was clear. <laughs> Daryl Daryl Morcel. Any, any... I couldn't tell you who he is if you put like a no. Come on, bro. Bunch of photos. You together. were you were there. We <laughs> I was there. How did you? Not I was see focused you, on man. more. On, I'll be honest. I was focused more on watching the Canadians play at summer league. Oh, okay. But if you All told right. me if you put a bunch of photos together, I'd probably pick the wrong one. That's crazy. Yo, that's crazy. I believe he wore like 37, I believe. You're crazy for knowing that. Mm-hmm. I was there. What do you mean? Nah, you yeah, remember you have a good number? memory for knowing like, that, man. That's yeah, pretty good. That's good. All right. Um, all right. Let, let's 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 play the topics then. So yeah, the Raptors signed one more guy uh to the roster. They used their third two-way spot. So this year a new CBA or whatever. It was a third two-way spot. Um, so they gave it to Javon Freeman Liberty, who has an excellent name. All right. Freeman Liberty is just a sick name, period. Uh, but yeah, apparently he, he well, he played played really well at Summer League, averaged 21 points per game, shot 49% from the field, 46% from three, four rebounds, four assists, did really well in the G League last year, multiple 30-point games as sort of like a mostly a playmaking scoring type of guard that you know has some secondary playmaking, like passing skills as well just if you watch the game itself you know got a little bit of float game going left and right a little bigger of a point guard six foot four with a six nine wingspan i wouldn't say his athleticism pops off the page but you know has a quick enough first step to get into the lane that's probably where he's most effective probably improving three-point shooter feels like he's better off the catch than you know playing off the dribble you don't see a lot of off the dribble threes in his highlights even when he gets a lot of threes off in g league it's like mostly catch and shoot but yeah, I mean, did you guys get a chance to see Javon at all in summer league in person? Uh, and otherwise, what did you think of watching the YouTube videos? Uh, no, I didn't get to watch him in person. I think the Bulls game was that was Anyways. game one. That was oh, Friday. Okay. That was like two Fridays ago. Right. I did watch that game at home, and and I watched some YouTube in preparation for the podcast. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it, man. But yeah, I think he's a he's a Delano replacement. Like I'm surprised you said oh, he's okay. six four. To me, he looked a lot bigger than that, or he plays bigger than that at least. Like mm. he's a very tall point guard because he is like a real pure like he's a point guard. He's not like a I don't think you would call him like a combo guard even. Um, so. I think it's fun for the Raptors to always have like a big point guard in the mix and just like continually develop them until they finally like get one who who works out because it's Vision Six Nine, so you gotta have a tall point guard eventually. Mm. And yeah, if like compared to Banton, I think he's like a much more polished player right now. Uh, and I think he does a lot of the things that they've asked Banton to do in terms of like he's a good transition player, he's a good cutter, and he'll hit catch and shoot threes obviously the upside isn't what banton's was with like the age and also think the playmaking isn't what banton's kind of showed at college at least like delano really read the floor well he just didn't really show it in the nba but from watching this guy i didn't think like the playmaking popped that much but i thought he was a nice complimentary player so Mm -hmm. for a two-way that's pretty nice yeah i'm also shocked that the raptors got him um, I think he made, was it Summer League second team or first team? One of those? Second team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, and I saw a lot of Bulls fans pissed off with their front office that like they let this guy go. But I think he spent last season with the G League with the Windy City Bulls. Right. Um, and he shot, I think, pretty well too. I think he shot like 37%. So um, yeah, on yeah, five I'm, threes a game. Yeah. So I'm really interested in what he could bring. I think 
Um, the Raptors have still a lack of guards, uh, like three, four guards. Yep. We can. So it's like, hey, Delano's out. Bring in this guy. Um, if he can shoot the ball, I think potentially maybe he can get some minutes. But um, yeah, like I said earlier, I think it'll be a, a really fun nine oh five team um this season with with him, with Marquise, with Ron, um, with Mo if he's if he's around. Um so yeah, I, I think the shot to me is just really intriguing. He averaged what, twenty one. So um yeah. yeah. And he like I think what was it forty six at summer league from three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On five attempts. I, yeah, I think no. he was lower in the G League, but um that's correct. I mean, it's, it's clear he could shoot. It's not, it's not like he can shoot. I think it's sort of like, yeah. like with most primary playmakers, it's like um, your shot diet probably influences a lot of what your percentage overall looks like yeah. in terms of are you getting shots set up for you versus are you getting your own shot? But um, yeah. all right, well, this is actually a good opportunity to pivot to Delano then because, Lee, man, you were down there. You talked to Delano. I remember you were, you were there with Delano, man. You wrote a great story about Delano when he first came into the league. That was two years ago now. Um, wrote about his roots, you know, uh, the people that sort of have supported him in Rexdale. Everyone's really been rooting for Delano. I don't know a single guy that wasn't rooting for him to pan out, especially being the first ever uh, Raptor to be drafted um, here in Toronto. Like, you know, it's it's disappointing that it didn't work out. Um, it's disappointing that he moved on. But uh, yeah, Lee Van, you were able to catch up with Delano. So um, what did he say in terms of his situation here? And uh, what is he looking forward to <laughs> with the Boston Celtics? Oh, that's sick to say. Yeah, that, but, honestly, yeah. the first time I saw him in the Boston jersey, I was like, my, like, I was like, no way. Like, this is. But yeah, um, yeah chatting with him, um, he was honestly just like really grateful for just Masai, the front office, for them giving a chance. Like, um, specifically, like the quote that stood out to me, he's like, yeah, they made me the kid from Rex, though, you know, like that the kid that got drafted by his hometown team. And there's been a lot of guys that have like played in Toronto that are from the city, what's up, whatever. But he's actually like, like from people where I'm, where I'm from is like, we consider him like the first like inner city guy, like the guy from like mm. actually from like the, Toronto, you know, like, um, which is so cool to see like um, what he like, see him get drafted, um, spend some time here. Uh, but I don't want to like get into the rumor mill type of thing of like why he left, but it, it kind of was kind of like, I feel like it was kind of shocking, like seeing him sitting front row at like Darko's presser just a mm-hmm. month ago. Um, Masai talked about him at, at his end season saying that, yeah, I wish guys like Delano got more opportunity to develop that kind of stuff. So you'd think that they're high on him. They'd want him back. Um, but it seemed like it was more of like a mutual thing that they both decided. Yeah it's best for you to go to Boston if, if that's, if that's what you want. So um, yeah, from, from my perspective, I thought it was like a mutual thing from both sides that um, it was best for him to just see if he can carve out a role in Boston and um, yeah, get out of Toronto potentially. So um, yeah, so I'm happy for him. I'm excited to see what you do. I talked to also Brad Stevens for the story and he was saying, yeah, Delano's got to earn minutes, you know, like if he, um, I think it's a similar situation that he's in with, um, in Boston that he was in with Toronto, probably even mm. less certain. Um, Cause I think Blake also tweeted out like the, how much he's guaranteed. I think it's only like 200,000 or if he makes right. what the deal is. I don't know too much details about that, but basically he gets, he gets his actual deal. If he makes the roster coming out of training camp. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah I think he's betting on himself at this point, you know? So um, yeah. And I also spoke to Justin Champagne. He told me he was, he was probably more, um, I would say more forthcoming in terms of like uh, his thoughts on Delano's time. And like he said 
to me that Wait, you're like, telling me the man who's who tweeted free me is more forthcoming Sorry, yeah. go ahead but he's, go he's ahead. like he's him and delano spent a lot of time together right on the bit, yeah, yeah, yeah um in the 905 so they, they they have a close relationship and obviously justin was playing with boston summer league so um and he was he was basically saying that he's been with delano for a while and he saw like the work he put in and he probably thought like yeah he probably deserved more of an opportunity in toronto and he's excited to see him try to carve that role out in boston so I think more so like Delano's grateful for the opportunity he got in Toronto being drafted by his hometown city. And he's excited to move to Boston. And, and I know he spent, he went to prep school in Massachusetts. So it's kind of a familiar setting there for him. So um, yeah, just go out there, grind and prove that you can stay in the league and try to carve out, carve out a role for yourself, you know? Yeah. Or and like having watched Delano the last two years here in Toronto, like w- if he makes it in the league, like what's his position and, or not even position, but what's his role? Yeah, that's like a question that I think has been debated for a long time. I was surprised that he left Toronto because, like you said, like Masai talks so highly of him for a two-way player. I've never seen a two-way player get more like shouts out from Masai. I even remember when they drafted him, they were like, we think that if he was a year later, he would have been a lottery pick. So it was kind of shocking that they let him go. I don't know all the answers. Wait, was he two-way? I thought he was just like a full contract. Sorry, yeah, yeah, he he's yeah. on a rookie contract, yeah. Right, right. Um, and then, actually, I don't even know. But and then, in terms of his role, like I think most people see him as like an off-ball cutter, transition playmaker type of guy. I have always seen him more as like I just don't think he's great enough at any of those things to where like he will succeed because I just never saw the jump shot come along and like mm-hmm. i remember even like talking to you early in in the rookie seasons when it was scotty and delano and they were like the two project jump shots and it's like just watching them in warms ups and stuff it's like oh scotty's jumper is way ahead of delano's like delano when he came into the league was like a terrible jump shooter like those were going all over the places in warm-ups so mm. um it's come a bit of a way but I, I still never see him really developing like an nba three-point shot so for me the only way he's gonna make it is as like a point guard and that means like tightening up the handle and being able to use his athleticism because like he's a great pastor and i think the problem in the nba has been that he hasn't been able to create enough advantages to then like take advantage of those passing lanes, like Mm. break a guy down, then have a four on three and then make the right read. And you saw that a lot in college um, where defenders are slower and he had the ball in his hands all game. So he could do that. And it never happened in the NBA. So yeah, the position I see him thriving in, if he ever thrives in the NBA, I really think is like a backup point guard type of deal. But um, Mm. yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. He's still a pretty raw player. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I think there were improvements on the jump shooting. I think especially if you watched any of the G League games the past two years or even last year preseason, he did really well. Like the jump shooting was better, like in terms of just not even making more, but just it looked smoother, it looked more natural. Um, You know, I, I think his best trait was always being in the open floor. Definitely can push the pace. And that's where he did most of his damage in the G. Like, honestly, there's moments when last year in the 905 where I'm not talking about this past season. I'm talking about two seasons ago now, I guess, in the 905 where it was like he would just go end to end, just rebound the ball, take it in the end, make the play, now come back, you know, drive end to end, you know, kick it out to a corner shooter. Like he was just making plays over and over and over again when he got in the open floor. And whatever, you're never going to get that many options of doing that at the NBA level. But, you know, I thought the talent mm-hmm. was clearly there. And, um, 
Yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, Boston is not an easy place to earn minutes either. You know, um, I, first off, they're obviously a way more competitive team currently. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think where I want to see more from Delano too is defensively. Like, I, again, like when you have that much size and quickness, like, you know, if you're able to really, really lock in defensively and make a positive impact there, then at least you give a coach a reason to toss you onto the floor and it gives you another chance to earn a couple more minutes. And I know Boston is more offensively based than defensively based, but that just creates an opportunity for another guy to come in and defend. So I guess he's now competing with, with Justin um, to, to for a roster spot. No, nah, he uh, got to on... be Peyton Pritchard. He got to show me Peyton. He's better hey, than Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard absolutely is better than... than... <laughs> but that's who he's competing with uh backup point guards so that's like well, the next few years if he's well, there i don't know man Miles spaghetti's good uh, i'll just i'll just say that much man he's he's actually really good actually i don't yeah, have no, to convince any raptor fan this like he cooks us every time so. i agree he he's he's good but i'm just saying like you you think of austin as like a really deep team and they are but with the smart trade they do have like less guard depth than they used to that's true that's true. I, I, apparently, the reporting was that the the Celtics met with Delano like day one of urgency, and I'm just like, word. That's... I just want to say, if at some point this season, Payton Pritchard's good, but if some point this season, a Boston media member is like, I heard that the Raptors that the Celtics front office was okay getting rid of Smart because they think Pritchard could show them something more. I'm just gonna lose my mind because mm, I think it's yeah. coming. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think again for a team that has like legitimate championship aspirations, like Boston, like. You are going to run into issues relying on Peyton Pritchard. Uh, for a regular yeah. season team, there's no there's no issues. You can play him; he's probably going to be pretty good. But yeah, in playoff wise, he's going to get mismatch hunted all the time. So that's where again, like a guy like Delano, like if he can really lock in defensively, and whatever his offensive skill set definitely needs more maturation. But if his defensive, if there was a defensive skill set, because that's the thing, like even though he's big, mm-hmm. like it wasn't really like he was making an impact on that front. So yeah, it's it's too bad, man. It's too bad. Um, who else do you see out there? You said you're focused on the Canadians, right? So you've been pretty close with, uh, you know, Omax Prosper. Yeah. I know a lot of people want to see, um, you know, Oppenheimer properly on IMAX, but you've been focusing instead on Omax <laughs> Prospens. So um, I did yeah. see that movie yesterday, though. Honestly, one of the best. That movies. was terrible. Wow. That was a horrendous joke, bro. I'm so sorry, but uh, yeah, let me let me let me get your sense on. I seeing also Omax. saw Oppenheimer. That was it was great. I agree. It's good, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was so right. good. But yeah, okay, we, we could talk about Oppenheimer. All right, let's talk about <laughs> Omax, please. Yeah, Omax is um I started following him. <laughs> yeah, I started following him obviously through college. Uh just been obviously keeping an eye on a lot of the Canadians and then um heard early on that he was gonna be entering the draft process. So kind of wanted to keep tabs on him. And I kind of was like telling people, like editors and stuff like that, that this guy's gonna get he might be a first round pick. And mm. um, I'm not gonna lie, some people looked at me like I was crazy saying that. And um, but he ended up being the highest Canadian drafted, went 24th. Um, and um, from what I heard, Dallas like really loves him. Uh, I don't I don't want to reveal the guy that he worked out with, but he had a one one workout with Dallas. And mm. um, before, like obviously pre-draft ahead of before they picked him and a highly touted guy that one and done prospect he went up against and he just cooked him like straight up cooked him. And then um, like imagine like you're you have. Jason K, all the front office people watching that, and you're like, "Wow, this guy!" Yeah. So he's he's like a a three and D guy. Like if you ask him, like guys that he looks up to and like tries to model his game after, is like OG. Um, he loves mm. Pascal. Um, under the same agency too as Pascal, which is cool. So 
Um, yeah, he's to me, he's going to be probably one of I think also I spoke to Jared Dudley before I left uh, Summer League and mm. he's really, really high on him. And he compared him actually to like a, a he called him a bigger Marcus Smart. Um, oh, okay. I thought that was a cool like kind of uh, hmm. uh, don't want to like, which I thought was a cool p- comparison. Um, but he's somewhat of a three and D guy, so I, I think Dallas sees him as a guy that can come in right now and potentially contribute. Even like asking him, asking Jared, he thinks he's way ahead of like um, Derek Lively, who they picked at number ten. So oh um, yeah, he, he Derek Derek looks like he's strong, raw, but he's he, he barely raw. played in Duke too. So yeah, yeah he's very raw. Surprise, so. I guess. Um, yeah, he's, he's, Omax is a guy that, um, I think he's, he's going to be a guy that you hear of playing with Canada basketball, potentially, um, mm. in the Olympics soon. So, uh, he's, he's a guy that I'd, I'd definitely be watching out as far as like one of the, he could make it all rookie team. I'm, I'm watching for that. That's, 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 that's what I'm, I'm seeing for him. Wow. That's, that's yeah. really great. Cause I think Dallas definitely needs wing defenders, obviously yeah. having traded away their best wing defender and Dory Finney Smith last year for Kyrie and. You know, like I think that creates an opportunity for minutes, and yeah, I mean, who knows if what he can do immediately? But um, yeah, I just wanted to quickly follow up and ask Lee Van, like, how was uh, how was going down to draft night and 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 going down with him for for that? So like, yeah, that, that's a that's a cool experience. That was probably um probably my favorite experience, and um and so like before the, like the day before the draft, or no, the day of the draft, like they they invited me to the hotel and like me and him sat down. I sat down with the family. I spoke with them prior before before I went out there too, but um, just chatting with them, talking about the excitement and then just seeing like his face when he gets the call. Like I remember seeing um, his agent, Todd, get the mm. call that Dallas is going to obviously trade their pick to uh, Sacramento's trading the pick to Dallas and Dallas wanted them at 24. And his dad, his his agent tap his dad on his knee saying like, he's about to get picked. And then the whole table is getting excitement. And then you have like 50 people about 50 people that traveled from like Montreal, some that were already in New York, um, right. all over Canada, come to Brooklyn just to watch him get drafted. And they had like a little section, which is so dope. And then you hear like, as soon as like Shams tweeted out that Omax was going to get drafted at 24, you just hear everybody just yelling from his section, just shouting, <laughs> which was just so cool to see. So um, yeah, I just honestly, probably my favorite experience is covering a story. And um, yeah, I'm hoping and we'll see who's the next Canadian, you know, that we could watch, but Omax is definitely like, I, I was just fortunate just the amount of time they gave me to, to cover him and just uh, document his journey. That's sick, bro. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. Very. And if you speak to him, probably like the most, Oh yeah. That's what you guys are both telling me that he's like a great interview. So. By far. Like some guys, you, you know, like mm-hmm. they just want to be in and out. He's mm-hmm. just like, he'll a- answer your question yeah. in depth and, He's just willing to give you time. Same with his family. Same with his like, um, and it's, I'd say watch out for his sister. They just won bronze at the U nineteen. Oh, that's right. right. Um, his sister to me is gonna be. She's gonna probably be the next Canadian basketball star. Just I'd yeah. say watch out for her. Even talking to his family, they're like, hey, she's better than him. Like she's gonna. She's, like, that's <laughs> right. what they were saying. I was like, okay. I was like, right. she's at no, Notre Dame, so yeah, I definitely watch out for her. She's gonna be the next Canadian star. I think definitely WNBA. I agree. She has like the highest upside of maybe any Canadian girl, maybe Aaliyah Edwards a little more, but she was 17 in Notre Dame last year and like playing 30 minutes in March Madness. So yeah. she's a really good prospect. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I second everything Lee Ban said. Like I, be, yeah, like I knew who his family was because of Lee Ban. So he hooked it up. So I talked mm-hmm. to them. I talked to Ben Mather and I talked to Omax about him and they're right. all just like, 
very nice and very complimentary. And I think he had a great summer league and like, it sounds really simple, but he was just playing harder than a lot of guys and is just more competitive than a lot of guys. And I know that's it's a real not skill. Like, man. Yeah, exactly. It's a real skill. And, and, and that's something he talked to me a lot about the pre pre draft process. And like, he moved up like shockingly during that process. And he was like, a big thing he was prioritizing was just like, I mean, what what Liban said about whoever he played in that one-on-one draft work, I don't know, he didn't tell me that, but he was like, whoever I was going up against, I was always like taking it personally to be better mm-hmm. than that person. And like, you, you see it when he plays, like, I think that stuff goes a really long way. And then you sometimes watch guys at, at Summer League who are joking around and half-assing it, and you're like, come on, you have like the best opportunity here. Um, mm-hmm. Be like Omax, you know? Mm. Yeah, and I also, also was going to say, too, um, not to plug my story, but go read it at the start. No, go but, ahead, bro. Um, Are you kidding me? In that story, I spoke to a guy named Travis Walton who does, like, he's Draymond Green's, like, personal trainer. Don't oh, listen okay. to Draymond's podcast. Listen to, obviously, the Raptor show. Of course, yeah, bro. That's number course, one. Man. Um, yeah, but yeah. Travis is, like, obviously, he's work, he works closely with Draymond. He knows, like, what it's like to, like, compete at a high level. And, like, before the pre-draft process, like I already mentioned, just, like, being able to compete and be ready, like, in his first, like, preparation for the draft like his trainer was telling me that like this guy was ready or ready to be like he was ready to like be inside like a nba facility and work out with teams and guys usually take like multiple practices to be ready for that and he was like oh max day one was just like i couldn't believe like this guy was already ready for that so yeah he's just his mortar is just insane Mm. yeah honestly i I, that's really refreshing to hear because again like there's just a lot of players in the league especially younger players i think it's more prevalent and it's just like you don't immediately see that motor. And I think it's like a huge separation factor. Like the skill set, obviously guys come into the league, they're newer, they're going to need more time to sharpen things up. Um, but like what your attitude is, how you approach the work. Like remember when Scotty first came into the league, like he was just bursting with energy. Like every summer league game, he was all over the place, yeah. you know, impacting his first NBA, well, second NBA game uh, was in Boston, 26 points, like 13 rebounds, like energy and, and attitude gets you such a long way. In addition to obviously what your skill set is, but like you got to earn that first impression. You got to like at least show something to both your teammates and also both the coaches. So that's great to hear, man. I think that, uh, yeah, he fits the need in, in, in Dallas for sure. And um yeah, I just hope that he keeps this sort of positivity and his uh, competitiveness because I think there's a real chance for him. I also like, yo, the Team Canada roster could really use um, another sort of shutdown wing. I know that right. I think Team Canada's biggest need is like uh, stability in the in the front court. Yeah, um, you definitely. I mean, I think Zach Eady coming in is going to help. I really do. Um, you know, shouts to my half Chinese uh, brother right there. And then yeah. you know, you also have um, you know also have Dwight Powell who um, you know. Is undersized but plays really hard as well. Same kind of guy, competes really hard. But yeah, I mean, you know, there is that spot on the wing too that I think you know, especially for for Team Canada, getting more wing shooting is always a as a plus. But you know, before we get into sort of where Team Canada, at least on the men's side, stands right now, Orin, I I, I thought you wrote a great story over at Yahoo like two weeks ago, uh, covering just sort of like the sh- big surprise with with Nick ultimately. Uh, leaving Team Canada, this was obviously like he got let go from Toronto here, uh, April, end of April, and the news didn't really come out until a month later that he was stepping down as the head coach for this program. Obviously, a very important summer this year with the but you know the FIBA World Cup coming up. Canada has a chance to secure an Olympic berth if they finish top two in the Americas, which is not easy. But uh, you know you had Nick, you had this three year commitment. 
And all of a sudden that sort of went out the window. So Orin, you did a lot of great reporting on this. Can you take us through like what the situation was, why Nick went, uh, what, what was some of the sort of reasoning behind the scenes and ultimately how did they end up with Jordy Fernandez, uh, King's assistant coach as the, the head coach of the program? Yeah, um, I was just minding my own business one day when I saw that <laughs> Nick Nurse had stepped down as the head coach of the Raptors and Jordy Fernandez. It actually caught me very off guard. Clearly, I haven't been covering the team long enough because everyone who has covered it for very long is like so cynical about Canada basketball. And I'm like, yes. I give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes. And then this happens. I'm like, no more. Uh, <laughs> but it's like you said, that was the problem with me, like. The fact that Nick was let go in April from the Raptors job, they had confirmed to me and other people that Nick was staying on with the Canada basketball program. And then it's not until, I guess, in June that they say that, oh, actually, he stepped down and we hired a new head coach. Like, kudos to them for keeping it all under wraps until Jordy was hired. But um, I guess, like, my problem was with the process. Like, how how do you not, I guess, ensure that when, when Nick got let go or even at the point where Nick was hired by the Sixers like how does it take so long for them to find out that Nick isn't um coming back I feel like there should have been some sort of ultimatum there like give us by this date let us know if you are coming back and if not we're gonna um go looking and I will say like one thing Rowan Barrett who's the general manager of the team said is that we started like a search for a new head coach as soon as the Raptors let go of Nick Nurse Mm. um you can kind of i don't know i don't know how extensive they were that search was or like how seriously they were looking until nick actually told them they they were gone but again the process is really bad the result is fine because jordy is like obviously a very accomplished coach who i think a lot of people like and who has a background in fiba and so getting him on that short of like a timeline after in between Nick letting go and them getting him is good. Um, in terms of like behind the scenes, what happened? Um, I was told that this isn't Nick's choice, that it's the 76ers essentially saying that he cannot do this. Mm. Um, it makes sense considering the, the off season, the Sixers are having and, and just kind of not only going to a new team, but going to one with so much uncertainty and with sure. such title contention that you know Nick wanted to have the time to do what was necessary for the Sixers and he wasn't going to be able to do that and do what was necessary for Canada basketball so that that's the reasoning I heard for him stepping down um, what a good guy man <laughs> sorry it's a, it's a real uh it's a real sorry. good story yeah Absolutely. so so Jordy they like because he has a background in FIBA he spent a lot of time with the Spanish national team. And and one thing Rowan brought up about Jordy that I thought was a good point was like he was there during the years of the Spanish team where there was a lot of ego busting going on because there was a lot of like NBA players like the Gasol brothers, you know. Um, yeah, Rudy yeah. Fernandez, Rudy, uh, Jose Calderon. Jose, yeah, exactly. Ricky Rubio. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah. it was in, in those settings, it's – so important to like delineate roles and to be like here's who's getting the ball in the final possession and having guys still buy in and so Jordy was a part of that with team Spain and he's really gonna have to do that with Canada like mm. this is a team with so much talent and a bunch of guys who are the number one or two options on their NBA teams and now asking those guys to like spot up is gonna be hard but uh I I think I think Jordy has his role really cut out for him like 
He got the job a month before training camp, two months before the World Cup starts. He might be a good coach, but he does not know these players nearly as well as Nick Nurse knew them uh, just from coaching Team Canada for years now. And so I think he has a really good job, a uh, really hard job in front of him. Um, and And also, the scariest part is that Jordy interviewed for a bunch of head coaching jobs this summer. And so worst case scenario is that he coaches them to the to a, an Olympic spot. That's obviously best case scenario. I think that'll happen. I, pro- I think it probably would happen regardless of who is the head coach of this team between him and Nick. But then next summer, what if he gets an NBA head coaching job, his first, and then he needs to drop out of the Canada basketball program? Like that's right. really what worries me right now because you just see how fickle these things are. And Jordy is right on the precipice of an NBA job. Like that much is very clear. So yes, like I did report that he was signed through 2024, but man, like if Nick did it two years out with his contract remaining, like that's absolutely a possibility that Canada basketball has to know is possible and we'll see. But again, the process was pretty bad from Canada basketball's perspective. The result of getting Jordy, I think everyone's okay with. So should we just stay away from like head coaches then? Like, I mean, like, I guess we, we weren't so well. Canadian coach. Exactly. That's, that's, that's what me and Lima okay. were saying. There's a lot of guys in Canada basketball who have been in there for a long time that like maybe okay. should at least get these interviews. Well, Roy I mean, it because sure. Yeah, but it be, always becomes one of those situations where it's like, you know, you want somebody really experienced with it because you're dealing with the tournament setting and it's it's different style of basketball. Obviously, with a bunch of NBA players trying to play FIBA basketball, there are significant differences. It's there's a different process in terms of like how to get everything. I mean, I'm sure even just like the logistics of it is totally different than the NBA setting. Um, and then getting everyone on the same page. Like, I, I understand, like, definitely wanting to get guys with more experience on that front. Especially because it's like, yo, you get one chance to qualify and then you don't qualify and you're going to go through a much more qual- difficult qualifying session. You might not have all your best players committed to all that. Like, it's all—it's always a headache. I totally understand. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it would be great to just have like, you know, Sergio Scariolo, who has coached Spain for like more than 10 years now. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I was going to say, too, yeah. just like, um, call me, if, tell me if I'm wrong, Warren, but in your piece, too, just like, Nick Nurse's whole situation. I think there was some like drama between players too. Just from my perspective, and you bring in a new coach, and you look at the teams that have done well in these type of tournaments. Obviously, the Spains that they all have like a system that they know really well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that they've been a system that's been accustomed. They've been accustomed to for years. Canada's like now you have Nick, and then you bring in Jordy. Maybe they could run the same systems, but those are two different coaches, and um, I just don't know how that works two months before. The World Cup and how that can that just transition easy. I'm expecting the talent level with Jamal with Shea just elevates you to a different level to where like you don't that you just at least make the Olympics and that's the goal. I don't think people should be expecting something crazy. My goal is just make the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Um, but um, yeah, I just there's so much drama between all that kind of stuff to where I'm like, how do you figure out a new system and then expect to compete against teams and countries that have built something for years? Yeah, I think that's a good point. People shouldn't expect this team to medal at the World Cup, I don't think, because like you said, they don't really have a system. They don't really know how to play with each other that much. 
Um, and they have like obviously Shea and Jabal and like really high upside players. So they could do anything technically, like they could beat any team, but you're going against guys that have played together for decades. And it's really hard to do that in one year. I think like what you're talking about, there's two sides of it. There's like chemistry, which I do think they got last summer, just playing together with each other, learning where each other likes the balls, what their play styles are, that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, the system, you can throw all that out the window. Everything they did last summer is not going to be applicable with Jordy for the most part. So mm-hmm. that is uh, that's that's why he has such a hard job in front of him. And he got a yeah, it's it's definitely a lot to prepare for this World Cup. And you just kind of again, going back to Nick, like this is why I, I do think a lot of stuff that was coming out of his mouth and Canada basketball mouth in hindsight sounds really, um, I guess just, just not authentic because they talk so much about continuity and, and prioritizing that. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, Nick dropped out of the program. I get it. He had his reasons, but you can't say you're going all in on continuity for the next three year window. And then, not retain your coach for that three-year window there's just no way you can actually like justify that so that's why if i was a player i I might feel some type of way about it they're asking me for a commitment but he's not committed that type of thing Mm -hmm. it just gives everyone an easy out essentially yeah but but look in 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 terms of positive stuff jordy looks to be a good coach and there's a real good chance that even if he gets hired next summer, it's going to be with a rebuilding team and they won't necessarily mind him going for the summer as much. And then we saw the commitment list that Canada got for training camp. And like that to me matters more than anything. Like you yeah, have enough star power there to, to qualify. And I think Jamal coming is just huge because it means he's going to be able to actually build up chemistry with these guys for next summer, which is when I think they could actually do damage. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Also, kind of just want to—I don't want—I want to say this is obviously there's been so much reporting that Nick obviously wanted so badly to coach in the Olympic <laughs> World Cup or whatever. And like I—I'm not saying he doesn't. I—I've never—I never spoke to Nick about this or anything like that. But in my personal opinion, I think there's probably a, a part of the, him that's glad that he doesn't have to be in a practice facility of OVO where he just got fired a couple months ago. Bro, I was saying that as right? soon as he got let go, I was like, it's kind of awkward because you got to use OVO, you got to use Scotiabank. And whatever, obviously, if everyone's going to be an adult about it, but you know, it is a little awkward, man. You end up seeing a lot of people, same people, you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, Orin, you wrote in your story that, uh, you know, it's okay. So, basically, look, um, through two years ago at Vegas, Nick had a, a big meeting with all the Team Canada guys, and he was like, All right, we got to build this commitment, we got a three year window here, and sort of we got to demand everyone's attendance, all this kind of stuff. And one of the things you, you, you pointed out in terms of Nick's rules was like, you know, for example, Dylan Brooks at one point missed an unexcused absence from training camp in Toronto last summer. Uh, and it was Nick's rule that if one of the summer core NBA players missed a training camp responsibility, their spot on the roster would open up for a potential roster battle. Right. So, you know, like it, that was the whole idea. And honestly, I, I didn't even mind it. Like, I, I thought that it was pretty important for everyone to commit towards this. This is clearly a golden generation of Canadian basketball talent uh on the men's side and it's like we gotta come through and yeah i mean to, to see him move on is, is tough having said all that this is the training camp roster at least that was announced by team canada jamal murray shea gilgis alexander rj barrett dylan brooks who's now back on this list lou dort Nikhil alexander walker kelly olenek uh dwight powell zach Eady, o'shea Brissett, 
Corey Joseph, Kevin Pangos, Cassius Robertson, Phil Scrub, and Thomas Scrub. So, yeah, you can only take 12 of those guys. But if those actual if those players are actually willing to go, Canada should have a very competitive roster just based on talent alone. So, I mean, hopefully this is an issue that, like you mentioned, Orrin, it could be good result, bad process. But at the same time, result is really all anyone's looking for, especially when you're mm-hmm. talking about a short tournament like this. So I guess we'll we'll definitely cover more of that uh, of the World Cup, I guess, when it comes on uh, this summer. But uh, for now, guys, uh, I know Orrin only has 15 more minutes. So I wanted to leave this space here for uh you guys to tell stories about each other because very adorable all right for the listeners oh, these no, two... I, didn't, huh? I didn't check in what it was okay to say over air with lee man <laughs> no you're about, you're about to find out hey, uh we're hey. all friends in this room so listen you two roomed together for summer league off the strip all right uh you guys found your way there you guys are very like gung-ho you're like ah, we're gonna walk to the arena and i walked every not... day I just oh, want to put that out there. He's actually wild, a psycho. Bro. Like what? I Ubered every. I only walked once because this guy forced me after day one, and it I was like forty it. degrees outside. Right? Man. You know, my phone will stop working. It was forty-seven. But he yeah. lost his mind. No, but that okay. was the thing. I was losing my mind in Vegas with being outdoors <laughs> so little. Like I need to be outdoor for my my mind to function properly. So okay. that walk, that walk to and from the arena. By the way, it was only like twelve minutes each way. That was my yo. Sanity. Twelve minutes is not twelve minutes when it's forty five degrees outside, man. Right. I had like a tur. Okay, so I would wrap like my long sleeve shirt over my head, like a like a turban kind of deal. Oh, okay, all right. And uh, and that was how I walked in the sun. But then one day I saw like Andrew Nemhard, and I was about to go say what up to him, and then I'm like, oh no, I have a turban <laughs> on my head. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> no, you wild, bro. All right. So, but yeah, Lee Van, like, what was what was it like, uh, Rumi with Orin? Um, he's a heavy sleeper, man. Mm. This guy wears, I don't know, do people, most people would like have earplugs, earplugs, or whatever you call that, like yeah. while you sleep. And then it has like, he's, he's very like, and he covers his eyes. What's that thing? Like a blindfold. Oh, the eye mask? Eye yeah. mask. He does like, he's very like, um, what do you call it? Like, he loves his beauty sleep, you know? Me? Mm-hmm. Hey, I barely got any sleep in Vegas. I was going to say, because you were waking up at like 5 a.m. Yeah. to work. Yeah. Or not 5 a.m., but it, well, actually 5 a.m. local time, because you had to, you were working shifts back in Toronto, virtually, obviously. Uh, that started at 8 a.m., which was 5 a.m. local time. Yeah. So you would grind. You would you would be at the arena till like probably 9, 10 o'clock, then probably go out, socialize a little bit, because that's a, the whole point of this is to network. Yeah. And then, yeah, you'd wake up and start covering, you know, whatever for the Toronto Star at 5 a.m. local time. Like I, your grind is crazy, man. No, nah, Lee Ban's grind is crazy. Like I, the people need to know. Um, he 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 not only like was doing all that waking up at five a.m., but he also had to write his stories on deadline because he works for a newspaper. So right. this guy probably slept in the four nights that I was there. A combined like ten hours, maybe. Like Damn. legit, he was just working the whole time. So salute to Lee Ban for uh his his hard work ethic time, me man. personally i got my beauty sleep every night had to <laughs> I but, always 10 hours thing, yeah i need <laughs> my nine hours, i need my nine but the you thing need is your nine is crazy no i need my nine but yo no, you're not i just want to clarify i don't sleep like that at home i brought earplugs and a beauty mask because i knew this was a possibility where lee man didn't even bring earphones to vegas when we split a hotel room Yo, that's so crazy. if i didn't Why? bring earplugs i would have just hated you and resented you the whole time Wait, so you should laptop, be happy that i did was my laptop that loud 
like listening. I just like like, there was. I just heard stuff, so I had to put my earplugs in. But um, that's not like how I sleep in Toronto. I just just Mm want to be clear about that. You know. Yeah, I uh, I already told a story on this program um, where uh, I was talking to Bobby about restaurant recommendations, and he was telling me these places are going Vegas, Mm -hmm. and then. After not saying anything for 15, 20 minutes, Lee Van chimes in. And he's like, yo, y'all ever been to Olive Garden? Asking a genuine multimillionaire if he's been to Olive Garden. That was but- a great like starter conversation. Because I only met I met Bobby like maybe twice. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like actually. Uh, but you, you cracked him up, man. He was you know? dying. So it was like, yo, Uber, you guys were talking about food with spots to go to. And then I remember like yeah. on my first like, day getting here, Uber driver was like, yeah, you should try Olive Garden. I was like, yo, I want some Italian food. They said Olive Garden. I said, like, okay, say no more. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to go check out Olive Garden. So I was like, mm-hmm. yo, Bobby, you've been to Olive Garden? Like, tell me about it. I'm going to yeah. go check it out soon. So, yeah. Lee Ben has the diet of like a 17-year-old who just moved out of his parents' house for the first I mean, time. Bro, to be fair, he's like 22 years old. Like, I'm 24. No, like, come on. Like, you're, we not, went you're, to, not that, you're not that far removed, man. We went to CVS the first day I got there, which is like the the kind of all-encompassing oh, yeah. store there. And I was like, let's just get some stuff for our room, like just to have some like snacks on hand. Like I got some cereals, some chewy bars, stuff that a 27-year-old enjoys in the privacy of their own home. <laughs> Lee Ben got coca-cola and skittles and every night before bed he has a coca-cola on his bedside table <laughs> and then How he's like expect me to wake up at 5 a.m at work i need a coca by my side you know it just just, just can't be healthy you just, you're just like sleeping and then you have a little more sugar and then you go back to sleep like exactly that's crazy uh, no i i also got some uh warring texts from both guys what was it? Wait, what did he say about me? There's nothing what did I say? about me. Actually, you know what? I think you're right. Actually, it was more. It was more directed. What did you? Get? What did you text him? Bro, I don't Will know if I can say it, it on the show. Wants, but yeah, I don't know if you can say it on the show either. Lee Van, can you give me permission to say what? Or it, it's not problematic. It's just kind of silly, to be honest. What was it? We can cut it if if you if you, if you don't want it. All right, I, I, <laughs> okay. it's a podcast. I, I'll cut. I'll, don't worry, I'll cut. I, I promise you. Okay, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh or so Oren texted me this all right this is a at, at 12 o'clock yeah. noon noon i just taught lee man that if you pee yellow it means you're dehydrated <laughs> your comments your thoughts i'll be honest i had some very terrible teachers growing up what? they never taught me i just thought hey, like you pee yellow in general i don't know you like what like that's, no, I thought that's the color oh my god like, How what? did you guys live together, man? <laughs> this sounded, this sounded like a yeah. I don't yeah, know. I'm teaching you stuff. I'm teaching. This sounded like grade nine leadership camp, man. This, <laughs> yeah, this, this, this one you should learn at monocliffs. Like, oh man, no, you get older and you you have to learn these things about yourself, or else you take uh, these things for granted, man. Must have a drink of water right now. Duh. Good, good. No, no more, no more Coca Cola on Skittles, man. That was. I, I was worried about you guys out there. I think my first word of advice to both of you was like, yo, they don't sell they don't sell water anywhere and nobody drinks tap water. Uh, yeah. So, like, go out to CVS and just buy yourself, like, two gallons of water for the trip. We did, did you buy water? Yeah, come on. We had water the whole time. I yeah, normally you drink any, drink. but I drank a lot. <laughs> this of guy it. had, like, uh, the worst type of milk I've ever seen in my life. It was, like, what? almond milk with the cereal. Yo, you almond milk with cereal? That's no, like I actually drink normal I, I, milk. The CVS was sold out of normal milk because it was by Thomas and Mac, and I guess people ran through it. But uh, yeah. also, if Bobby is listening, 
We did uh, go to Best Friend. Me and Lee Ben Wayne. Oh, that's the spot mm. we went to? Yeah. The spot I almost you... died there. He was about to throw up on the spot. I don't know what happened. Word, exactly. why? What happened? It was okay, though. The food was okay. No, oh, you said you're, oh, you're no, wait, throw don't up. say like, the food was bro, okay. This is just, hated the food. This is another story of like me being old. It was just like we got to dinner at like 11. I wasn't eating all day. I was just like waiting and we couldn't go until yeah. he finished the story. Got there, got like a frozen margarita as soon as I got there. That was like my first meal of the day. That's and not then, a good thing to have in your stomach when you're when you're starving. Right? I know, I know, I'm not smart. And then and then by the time I like ate a couple bites of food, I was just like, oh, I don't feel good. And so I couldn't I couldn't eat what I ordered. But also it was not that good. Like I can say that objectively, even though I wasn't feeling good. It was it was pretty it was average. Like the the thing is, like you can get mm. that Asian food in Toronto like so easily. And oh, like yeah. for you know so much cheaper, though? you know. You know what's hilarious yeah. though? The waiter keep co- kept coming back and be like, "How's the food?" <laughs> <laughs> and Orin's like, or was bro, so just, just send it back, man. Yo, you don't like it? Send Orin it back. Was so sick of it. He's like, "Oh, this guy." <laughs> I'm just gonna tell. Him. Oh yeah, the waiter was pissing me off, but that's, that's <laughs> yeah, okay. I enjoyed the food though. I had my French fries. I had some ketchup. You know. <laughs> Yo, I had some French fries and ketchup. Okay, here's where we got to reveal to the sh- the listeners. Who, anyone who's still listening after that pee segment is um is is so Lee Man has lots of dietary restrictions, right? Obviously, number one, all right, he, he's he's eating halal, so no pork, right? Thank no you. alcohol. Thanks for mentioning. Right? No no gelatin, nothing like that, right? Mm-hmm. Number two has a number of allergies, including but not limited to all seafood. Yep. Nuts. Eggs. Nuts. Chocolate. So egg. Oh, ch- oh, chocolate? chocolate? Wait, what? No, you just tossing chocolate <laughs> I'll in be there, honest. too? I'll be honest. I still eat chocolate, though. Bro, that's mm. not how allergies... No, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> you, you know what they did? The drops on you? What do you, what do you call it? I forgot what, what the yeah. drops on oh, you. Oh, the allergy test? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was allergic to chocolate. But, you know, after uh-huh. a while, I said, you know what? I'm bigger than that. You know, I can eat this. Yeah. Oh, I'm more than a shooter. I'm, I'm more than, more than that. <laughs> I'm more. You see, Grady, I'm like Grady telling people I'm more than a shooter. Yo, <laughs> his more than a shooter is going to be more than an athlete. Like, yeah. More than a shooter is sick. I like that. Um, but so so just on that alone, Lee Ban can't eat a lot of things. And that's why you stick to sort of more rudimentary, like not rudimentary. I don't want to insult like things that, you know, are inbounds. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why you always eat poutine, yeah. for example. Stuff that like I know that I'm not going to die from eating, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important. Maybe so, in the long run, I could die from eating from this like type of junk food. But you know, but, but you yeah. end up going to Olive Garden. This guy sent me. Oh. This guy sent me a review that said eleven out of ten at Olive Garden, hey. and it was just like, I don't know, Orin, did you go with them to Olive Garden? <laughs> no, I need all no, these details. No. I had to split up from him at that Bro, point. <laughs> you did your break from Lee Band? No, no, we just went different ways that day. Um, oh, I went wow. to get some barbecue that day. Got he you. went to Olive Garden. Yeah, yeah. How was Olive Garden, man? Oh, generational, generational! <laughs> you saw the photos <laughs> I sent you. What do you mean? Yeah, I saw the photos. I, I, so I told you this. I had a bit of diarrhea oh. the last couple of days, but you know. Oh my gosh! But it was now. That, it was, now we can't have the podcast anymore. Yo, it honestly, was it was worth it though, man. It was. Like, yeah, I'm gonna put in a little trigger warning for every fan <laughs> before we get to this section, man. I'm not cutting nothing, but <laughs> I, I will put in the warning. It was good. Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking at the photo right now. All right, so I'm gonna describe it because it's a visual. It's a it's an audio Do it justice. medium. Okay, so he has on here two chicken parms, right? Two pieces of chicken parm. Mm-hmm. I I think that's a chicken parm at least. Yep. Right, side by side. Um, cheese only at the at the fraction of it. It kind of looks like when you see like um when you learn about like when you take biology in high school, 
um, you know, like mitosis, you know, mitosis when cells split into two and you grow. <laughs> That's kind of what these two pieces of chicken parm are doing. Mm. All right, mitosis. I think they're in the anaphase currently. Um, and then you have these like egg noodles on the side, which I'm curious because like, bro, that's those pasta noodles are yellow, which means they definitely have egg in them. All right. Alfredo, I don't know how you were eating Alfredo these. pasta. But the, the, the pasta noodles are made with egg. That's why they're yellow. Are they actually? Right? Yeah, that's bro, that's why I don't even Is believe that. Is that why allergies, I've been feeling bro. sick? Probably. Mm. <laughs> All right. It sounds like you have a lot of intolerances, but maybe not yeah. necessarily. You might be allergies. like me with lactose, for example. Like I, I, I still eat the, lactose. Yeah, that's me with gluten, unfortunately. Yeah. I like that this became a food pod about our worst qualities. No, that's fine. We have five more minutes on, on your schedule <laughs> right now, so we're going to get to it. But yeah, you have the noodles on the side. I don't know if you requested this, but there is a lot of like shaved parm on there. Oh, yeah. Except it's like really to. stringy shaved parm. Like I it asked. looks like if you peel the cheese string and like put it all over this mitosis happening parmesan or chicken parmesan and the and the noodles. So I, I asked them for some and then they, they, they started sprinkling it. I'm like, keep going. You know, don't stop. Don't stop. Bro, they dashed it on here with the consistency of Kevin Durant's head. I'm just saying, like, it's <laughs> it's kind of like that right now. And then there's a fork in the middle. And, of course, this being Olive Garden, there are two uh, uh, breadsticks. Really so, good. Yeah. You gave this an 11 out of 10. Yep. So good. Damn. <laughs> I took a photo of, the like, the Olive Garden, like, the site, like, the name. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Got you. Got you. I thought well, In-N-Out Burger was really good, too. The oh, rise no terrible. Oh my god. I like really? enjoyed it. I like that. Yeah, that was sick though. though. That's like yeah. the that was the spot that my California family was like, yo, you have to come in and out. So we went to an in and out beside a Costco. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. quite the vibes, but uh <laughs> in and out solid. I like in and out. It's good. Eight out of I 10, really like that they have yeah, I agree. They have uh lemons. I really appreciated that. Yeah, that's for like the you can get like just uh like iced tea. <laughs> But it's like unsweetened yeah, yeah. iced tea, which I actually really appreciate because exactly. every every drink there, unless you're getting a diet drink, like it's all like super sugary and like just getting an iced tea in the summertime is very, very nice. Okay, but so. but do you toss your like lemon <laughs> inside your drink? I, no, I did half iced tea, half no, lemonade with a couple lemons. lemons in there. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's okay. All right. That's wow. nice dining. Uh, wow. Look at this, man. This, but you're this supposed to cooking. put your lemons like on the side, you know, like the cup. He tossed it in like it's like he's mixing it up like a smoothie. And I was like, what the hell is that? Oh, okay. They wash their lemons really well at in and out Don't worry. Okay. I'm in sure. In and out yeah. washes sure. their lemons really well. I'm sure, man. Um, What else here? Oh, yeah. You guys want the WNBA game? Mm-hmm. That was that was our WNBA uh, All-Star weekend. Were you guys there for Sabrina? Yeah. That yeah. was sick. Yeah, Yo. that was the best part. The actual game was probably the worst basketball game I've ever seen. But the, okay. the three-point shootout was amazing. Yeah, like they don't well, try. All star games are like All-Star. that. So I get no, it. but yeah. like even the NBA tries a little bit, especially towards the end. Like they didn't try a lick. <laughs> oh, word. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, the three-point shootout that was sick. So Sabrina only missed two. Yeah, like the entire rack. We're talking about the five typical racks um, and the two like super deep threes. She made both super deep threes and she just missed like two shots the whole I think maybe three shots actually, I think, but may actually maybe just two. But yeah, it was it was wild. Like that's that's an all-time score, like better than what Steph ever did, better than like what Clay or Devin Booker or Ray Allen or Dirk or who honestly, all these guys, like that's like literally the best three point shooting performance I've seen from anybody. Mm-hmm. So No, it was like technically the best shoot three point shooting performance ever. And um yeah, she only missed two and she hit the two long bomb four pointers. It was pretty insane, honestly. It was like it was like a very like it's one p.m. First of all, there, 
three point and skills comp. They tried, they did it at 1 right. p.m. And like the vibe was very much like meh, like the skill point competition was meh. And then like they started to heat up in the kind of the second round of the three point competition. And then like when she started going up, everyone just kind of perked up as it was going on. And then by the end of it, everyone was just going insane. So it was a right. cool moment. Yeah, that's sick. I was speechless. I was like, I can't believe I'm witnessing like the best shooting performance in the three point ever, ever. Like, ever. Like, I'm gonna tell my kids that one day, you know, like, damn, I that's it's a that's like her a final score was like 37. Yeah, like, that's like shout story. out to Daryl Morcel, man, which I <laughs> did confirm that is his jersey number. Um, that's her what else story right there. Kalani, Kalani was right. performing. Oh, Kalani, forget about bro, that. bro. That's not what I'm saying here because you, you, you tweet, you, you dropped that yeah. a, a video of Kalani oh performing, God. and you were like, "Yo, is this Jesse Reyes?" Who? What? And then, what? Yeah, yeah, bro. No, I never tweeted. Oh no, that. Oh, oh, sorry, my bad, my bad. Evie did that. My bad. I'm sorry. Evie? I'm sorry. Leave it. Oh, uh, Evie, Evie asked, "Was that well, Jesse Reyes?" And then I was like, "No, it's Kalani. It's the Queen. How do you disrespect Kalani?" So, right. nah, what are you talking about? Jesse Reyes is better than Kalani. Whoa, 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 only okay. has one only said that because he didn't, has one seat. he didn't get a front row seat to Kalani. He didn't get to witness that eye time. Kalani still looked at me. me. You know? She looked at me and she said. She From like where? Where were you bar. sitting? No I was actually bro. close. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, Kalani. Oh. Look, listen. You guys know. I, 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 I actually would never, send... I would never pit these two queens against each other. Yeah, I just say I, I support both Jesse Kalani Reyes and Jesse Reyes. Okay, but you you know you know I'm gonna stand Jesse Reyes stand. I think you and I both yeah. salute Jesse Reyes when uh when she's in the arena. And I Alex think I asked Brady confused. Dick if he liked Jesse Reyes. <laughs> Wait, no, nah, get out of here, bro. Did you actually? <laughs> I was just like, which Canadian artists do you like? And he said Jesse. No, no, no. He probably he said, said Drake. Like, he said the weekend. No, yeah, oh, okay. we already talked about Drake. Oh this yeah, was after Drake. you said the weekend is your goat, bro. What do you have to say about that? After seeing the idol, after all. I never saw the idol. I never well, said that's... acting goat. First of all, okay. and I'm never gonna right. see the idol. I, I I value my time too much. You know what? That's fair. That that'd be like me. Like yo, you know, you say LeBron's your goat, but what about Space Jam Two? His performance was oh, like that was only terrible. A, only a five out of ten. Oh my god, that movie meter. was horrible. Yeah, yeah, that movie was horrible. But yeah, what do you think right. about um the barbershop show? What's it called? Yeah. Anyways, the, the shop. The shop. That's the shop. Yeah, it's actually a good um, show. All right, Lauren, you got to go. So last thing I'll say, what's one thing you learn about Liban um, having stayed in close proximity with him for five days? What's one thing I, I, I feel like I learned so much. So yeah, the most so memorable. Say the good thing. Come on. So, it could be so good or much. bad, man. Um, No, I, I, I think the best quality was his, uh, his ability to grind and, uh, and just still be still be a person after not sleeping for so long but he kept mm-hmm. it going and um yeah he he was still down to go out down to do whatever even though he wasn't sleeping at all so that was a good quality i think uh i i know i wouldn't have been doing that if i was on his sleep schedule well what what's one negative quality then cuz i'm not letting you go hey <laughs> his diet it's it's concerning oh, yeah. and it needs <laughs> to be changed <laughs> <laughs> all right that's fair that's fair um yeah same question to you uh lee man what is what's one good thing you learn about orin and one bad thing you learn about orin in, i have no good of, things uh, being roommates zero good what? Things. oh my what? god no honestly he's like um very i'd say like i feel i feel like at times like i was probably like bugging him with like being up working that kind yeah. of stuff but he was very very chill with like because i was worried about disrupting his sleep because like 
No, well, you weren't that worried. You didn't bring earphones. <laughs> <laughs> but like we had another yeah, room. So so chaotic, I, was, I was working in the living room. You <laughs> no, know, I'm so. just joking. Uh, Yo, y'all got two rooms in your off strip mall place. Where where were you guys staying, man? Don't disrespect sorry, sorry. the Alexis Park Resort. No, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, like, that's a. You I'm, guys got a pool? I'm if if I go back to Vegas next year, I'm staying there again. Found Yo, what spot. are you talking about? Man? It's right next to that Top Golf spot. We didn't go golfing, but it's near no, there. it was actually a good place to stay. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's a three star. Oh, my bad, my bad. The oh, way you guys described it to me, don't say was... three star. It's come on. We just gotta know it's a four or five. You know. Uh, okay, well, it's not. It's none of those. So. <laughs> But the one bad thing I'll say about no, 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 this actually looks fine. This totally looks fine. Right. My bad. You were you were describing it like you were living in some motel or something, and I was very concerned that you guys were just eating Skittles and and, and drinking Coke in a motel. Like no, one bad thing I'll say about Orin, um, yeah. he's a terrible gambler. Like this guy lost. Oh, did you guys finally gamble? <laughs> no, he just every single time he put money on the line, he just lost it. I was just like, what's going on here? That's but, tough. Yeah. yeah, we yeah, just there played was the slots and we lost every time. Don't that's, say that's we. How, that's don't how say slots we. go, man. I don't gamble. Very hot on <laughs> my religion. I don't celebrate. Exactly. I don't condone. I was there as a passenger, as a mm. bystander. You gambled, mm. and I I saw you lose money. And I said, "Hey, I'll stop yeah. for the luck." Lee Ben wouldn't even take a photo of me gambling. I'm like, let me <laughs> bro, get one for the bro. No, 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 no. I like yeah. you better take a selfie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that, Lee, man. I respect that a lot, man. Yeah. But I had a fun time, honestly. Oren is a really great roommate. We went out. Yeah. We went to Circus du Soleil. We went to do some line dance. Oh, you guys went to Cirque du Soleil? Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. Man. I just learned it's called Cirque du Soleil also. My apologies. But, uh, yeah, my bad. It was, yeah. No, we had a great time rooming together. And yeah. um, wow. it was, was fun <laughs> being with you, too, Well, the night that yeah. you were there. It was a good we, trip. We, we definitely <laughs> went walk through uh, whatever casino we were in. For like ten minutes, trying to find cigarettes, and I could have sworn that there was a machine that was selling cigarettes, and we walked there, and uh, it was absolutely not that. But then we actually went to. Yeah, an they were for store one of our there. friends. Yeah. Uh yes, for sure. Um and um yeah, and then we walked into a, like a convenience store inside the casino, and what you picked this? it up, and you were like, "There was like twenty. Oh, you weren't there for this again. We were doing haram activities, so <laughs> you, know, you weren't you weren't present as always." Um, and yeah, so we were, yeah, we went to this convenience store and Orin saw the cigarettes. It was like 20 bucks. And he's like, nah, that's Yo, too expensive. Did you need to expose me at the very end of the podcast? <laughs> that's crazy. That's also, what this whole podcast was for, man. You thought we were here to talk about Javon Freeman Liberty? No, man. <laughs> no, you, you shouldn't buy cigarettes in a casino. That's a tip I, for all you young guys out there, you youngins. <laughs> you, okay, go to, when you touch out of Vegas, go to CVS. Buy a, a gallon of water and some cigarettes. All right, then you're set. Then you keep. Then they you don't have do cigarettes there. To. I already asked. Oh, word? I, had to, I had to go to Seven oh, yeah, Eleven. I had a very dangerous experience at Seven Eleven, but I got them there. What? What happened? Oh, no, I saw some fights. Seven Eleven in too, Vegas is a crazy place. There's yeah. first of all, you know people what? are gambling in there. Like what? That's crazy, man. They 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 putting coins in the big gulp machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, all right. Vegas sounded really fun, bro. Let's let's all go. Let's all let's all do it again next year. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go at the same time next year too. I had a yeah. I had an entirely opposite Vegas experience. I was uh, by myself like the majority of the time. I'm not so. gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, bro. This we'll, little buddy cop thing you guys had going on, like, yeah. I'm not gonna get a room for three. Though, no. 
Huh? The first couple of days are very overrated, like Vegas. Oh, to me, the last couple of days were more entertaining. I, it's I, a little I, more hardcore. I feel like I feel like first couple of days it's so like it's better attended. Everybody's there, and it's also just a, such a thirsty event. Yeah. Man. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Did it get less thirsty as it went on? Do you think? I agree. Like I totally. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Sunday was quite thirsty still. So, and it's hard to get at people because everybody's already fairly committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in that time whereas like later on people are a little bit more chill because like more people have left so yeah anyway yeah, it was a fun sense. time though so appreciate both of you guys for coming on follow lee ban um osmond read everything he does at the toronto star um you know great team canada coverage uh same thing with you orn orn weisfeld um yeah i think know, i'll have a grady you. dick q a coming out on complex in the next couple of days you. i'm gonna go look forward to that are you a jesse reyes fan question <laughs> can't, can't wait i'm gonna control f jesse nah, i don't nah. care <laughs> so thanks everyone for listening and yeah as for the podcast we're gonna have more uh podcast episodes i'm gonna find ways to talk about the raptors or at least about basketball even if the off season is is here even if my co-host isn't here, but uh, we'll, we'll keep this thing going. So thanks a lot for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, and uh, look later on for more content.